This episode of News Dump is brought to you by HelloFresh. All right, it looks like we might be able to finally close the book on one of our more prominent recent members of the Internet Today Rogues Gallery. And thank God. Yeah, Ezra Miller has apologized. Good. And is seeking treatment for their apparent mental health issues, which continue to be a clear and present danger to not only themselves, but to those around them, and a movie franchise worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Most important. Yeah, after months of nonstop accusations, multiple arrests, and at least one felony charge, Warner Brothers was facing an increasingly imperative decision. What the hell do you do when the star of a movie that you're banking your entire theatrical universe on turns into a monster whose alleged crimes keep getting more and more intense and severe? What do you do? Well, uh, you got two options, and they're going with option one. Well, there was, there was three options, but yes, they are going with the... Uh, the first one. Yeah, it's been a spectacle. Uh, as recently as last week, industry insiders who spoke with The Hollywood Reporter gave those three potential options for how this is going to play out. Option one, Miller could give an interview at some point explaining their erratic behavior over the past few years. Uh, the actor could then do limited press for The Flash, and the movie would open in cinemas as planned. Option two, if Miller didn't seek help or make public statements regarding their behavior, Warners could still release the film, but... Don't expect Miller to play a prominent role in terms of marketing and publicity. Nor would Miller be the Flash going forward, as the role would be recast in future projects. And then option three. The situation with Miller deteriorates further. This would see Warner's killing the movie outright, as it could not be reshot with a different actor. Miller plays multiple characters and is in almost every scene. Scrapping a $200 million film would be an unprecedented move. But really, would it be that unprecedented for the Warner Brothers that we've come to know in the past Three weeks? <laughs> it would actually just be well in line with all of their previous decision making. They're they're letting this shit happen at like a they're they're letting it all drip out. Like instead of just ripping the band-aid. Like they're uh, with this and like literally every day on Twitter, they're like, uh these ten movies just disappeared from HBO Max. We don't know why. And then the people who worked on it, they're like, that's cool. I worked on this for five years and this is how I find out that my life's work is suddenly vanished from the company that bought it and funded the whole thing. Very cool. And we'll get to that because uh, Warner Brothers, HBO Max, Discovery, it seems like it's basically the the Dr. Oz of running a streaming service where every decision you make is bad and everyone makes fun of you for it. And, yeah, HBO Max should definitely not run for Senate in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just going to be a constant embarrassment. Your opponent's going to mop the floor with you, Mm -hmm. just make you embarrass yourself on a daily basis. The the, the CEO of Discovery and Warner is like, we're going to make a nice coup d'etat of all the programming that we've kept. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, obviously everyone online was enthusiastically cheering for the first option because based on what appeared to be a complete lack of remorse for the chaos that they've caused, you would safely assume that any interview with Miller that wasn't able to be completely controlled by PR reps or the studio would very quickly go off the rails and potentially damage their career even further. You've interviewed Ezra Miller and you described it as a very strange experience. And this is back... That was for the first yeah. uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. So uh, things have only gotten stranger and the Vibes stranger. have only gotten more and more fucked in, uh-huh. the, in the preceding years. But let's have a little reality check here. This is Hollywood we're talking about. The chances that WB or Miller's agents allow a natural and lengthy interview to take place, uh, very slim. We're going to wrap that up. To just not happening at all. One minute. Uh, 
<laughs> it would have it would have had to have taken place in a completely controlled environment with a carefully crafted apology and pre-planned responses to completely banal questions. I mean, look, as Elliot just said, outside of Ezra Miller alone, we've done dozens of interviews with celebrities over the years, specifically for promoting big movie projects. And even in the most basic scenarios, there is always some PR person waiting to jump in and derail things if you ask the wrong question. Literally, like, in your line of sight, but out, out, out of the camera's line of sight, it's the most distracting fucking thing. Well, they're, they're there as a threat. It. Yeah. it's If you ask one wrong question, you will never be invited back to this. And it's just sitting there, right, next to the camera that you're looking into. Yeah. And the experiences that we have with PR people, this was just for trying to come up with something yeah, interesting. To, <laughs> yeah, it's trying to come up to, with something interesting to talk about that isn't just the same questions that these actors had heard from countless other reporters throughout the day. Um, an interview with a studio's golden goose who not only has fallen from grace, but left a trail of violence and conspiracy behind them? No fucking chance that anyone is getting anything genuine out of them. Yeah. Yeah. But so so leave that theory. Yeah, leave that theory at the door because it is not happening. From from the apology that just happened, which was pre-planned and manufactured, to the release of this movie. The apology that we don't even know if Ezra Miller is behind that apology. Yes. But what I'm saying is up until the release of this movie, every it is going to be a completely controlled environment. Yes. So don't count on any like at least in interviews something crazy to come out of it. No. But yeah, that only leaves two other options. Uh, ignoring the actions of the film star and just pretending no one cares or notices. Or canceling the movie outright. Mm-hmm. So obviously WB went with option number one. And they're hoping, praying, that there are no further incidents <laughs> while Ezra Miller is in rehab, recovery, whatever you want to call it, between now and the release of this fucking cursed project. Yeah, they've put out the statement and now all they can do is hope that nothing else happens. I like to imagine... Um, the Josh Brolin character from the Coen Brothers movie Hail Caesar, mm-hmm. the uh, studio fixer guy, yeah, went down to Ezra Miller's farm and uh, you know made the case, made the studio's case to Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. This is what's gonna happen. You know, I interviewed him for that movie, Hail Caesar. Yeah, Josh Brolin. It's a great role. He yeah. slaps uh, George Clooney around. Yeah. It was a you fun, sound like a fucking communist. A fun you're gonna, junket. You're going to go out there and you're going to act your fucking ass off. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good role. Mm-hmm. Anyway, earlier this week, news broke that Ezra Miller would be seeking treatment for what they describe as complex mental health issues. You yes. think? And in a statement provided to Variety by a rep for the actor, Miller broke their silence about the troubling behavior that they have exhibited in recent years which has led to a series of legal issues and assault and abuse allegations. Uh, Miller also apologized for their actions. Quote, Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment, Miller says. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. I hope so. Yeah, and look, I mean... They're very talented. Yeah, it's great that finally Ezra Miller has come to terms with the chaos that they've been causing, which, by the way, involves a lot of other people who have been directly victimized by their actions. So this isn't allegedly. just a... <laughs> allegedly, but still, it's not just like a, well, I said I was sorry, everything's yeah. fine. It's like, no, uh, the aside from the actual assaults, I think of which there are three, and then the allegations of kidnapping and grooming or whatever. They got to, as part of Ezra Miller's treatment, got to send them back to the Big Island of Hawaii so they can go door to door. Apologize. To, to every resident of the Big Island, mm-hmm. apologizing to everyone. Yes. And Iceland. 
And Hawaii's like, no, it's it's good. We're good. Please leave. Stay over there in Vermont. Please. Um, but aside from that, it's still baffling that Warner Brothers took this long to say or do anything. They've been busy. Not only did the company sit on its hands while doing a billion-dollar restructuring, but they've actually, according to recent reports, been filming reshoots with Miller amidst all of this drama, with a recent Hollywood Reporter article stating that Miller participated in regularly scheduled additional photography over the summer, apparently without incident, before being charged with burglary, <laughs> their third arrest this year on August 7th in Vermont. You know, maybe Ezra Miller's the type of person that needs to needs structure in their life you know i'd say so like a don draper character uh when don draper's at the office like shit gets done when don draper's left to his own devices he's a fucking mess a self-destructive mess so we need don out there pitching we need ezra on stage doing what ezra does best running really fast (laughs) running really really fast yeah um so yeah why everyone involved would wait until now to make a public statement or to have Miller seek treatment, that's anyone's guess. Uh, Probably because the marketing cycle is about to begin, would be my guess, Uh, because Aquaman is coming out, and uh, they probably want to promote uh, the Flash movie Mm -hmm. in that, in the previews for that. But uh, we are happy that, you know, something is happening. And again, we really hope that Ezra Miller actually goes to treatment and- Get your shit together. Yeah. And as with uh, all other news about this film, um, which always ends, I don't want to say it's a a funny way to end every article, but it is the way they end every article. (laughs) And we're going to do the same. The Flash is scheduled to hit theaters next June. Okay, so there's still time for this to go south in a big way. What is the over-under on people thinking that Ezra Miller does something terrible between now and June? If I was in the UK, I'd head down to my local Paddy Power and... uh... Start placing those Ezra Miller prop bets. Hey, buddy. Come November, we'll be able to place bets right here in California. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh, as long as everyone votes for it. Well, that might not happen. People eh, I think it will. I think it will. But in another disappointing and honestly confusing update to the ongoing issues related to Warner Brothers' premium streaming service, HBO Max, it looks like they've continued to remove vast amounts of content in an effort to streamline everything during the HBO Max Discovery Plus merger uh, if and, we don't get write off some expenses on their taxes. If we don't get rid of all these very expensive to produce animated shows, how are we going to have any bandwidth left for Chip and Joanna Gaines? I hate everything. They're trying to reforge the image of Waco, Texas, and who are we to stand in their way? So yeah, earlier this month we spoke about how a bunch of streaming exclusive shows and movies, shows and movies commissioned specifically for HBO Max. Poof had vanished seemingly overnight as a result of this restructuring. And streamlining, which is... Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like every week since then, more and more titles have been removed. That wasn't just it. They, yeah. like Every day, they're like, oh, by the way, we removed this too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we don't have to pay for it. We can yeah. write it off on our taxes. Uh, but yeah, much to the dismay of the people who actually worked tirelessly on creating these shows who have seen their hard work just deleted without so much as a care in the world or even a heads up. Yeah, no, most uh, cases. all... Uh, that I've seen is people finding out the day that the announcements were made on Twitter or in uh, the industry papers. I still, I can't get over the the horror of uh, one of the Batgirl directors finding out the news that his movie had been shelved on his wedding day. Just they brutal. didn't even wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the day of my own wedding, you come to me and tell me my movie's been canceled. 
So yeah, the latest counts come in at around 36 titles being removed this week. That includes 20 original shows for the service. And according to a statement sent to Variety, the company says, as we work towards bringing our content catalogs together under one platform, we will be making changes to the content offering available on both HBO Max and Discovery Plus. That will include the removal of some content from both platforms. But why? Yeah, that's the why? confusing you thing. You own it. Yeah, a variety. It's of, yours. They, variety alludes to the fact that aside from paring down the content that's available to make things more streamlined, which, um, if you can tell by our confusion, doesn't make sense to us considering the medium that it was attached to. Also, like, uh, it's not like they're paying addition. Like they are yeah. in residuals, but it's already created. If people choose to watch it, it's not as if it's taking up room on the streaming and platform. Like, of all the streamers to talk about streamlining their their offerings, like HBO Max has had by far the biggest library for at least the past year. Yeah. Like, oh, now suddenly they care about uh, you know maybe giving too many, too many options. What are you talking about? It's What's just happening here. The main thing that is odd is that why not just keep it on there? Because if Someone wants to watch it. Why not make it available? It's, why specifically remove it? It's like the Disney vault. It's like, yeah, you, you don't have to put it back in the vault. It's arbitrary. You own the movie. Yeah. And the only thing that uh, the, the explanation that they made with uh, the Seth Rogen's pickle movie is that now you can rent it or purchase it on like SVOD platforms. And it's like, well, Okay. I mean, really negligible but amounts how, of how money you're going to make off of yeah, this. Yeah, how many people are going to do that? Versus people who might sign up for a trial for your service to watch this and more. Like, yeah, it's it, weird. It doesn't make sense. But uh, they point out that cutting these shows might save WB Discovery some money on those residuals, which is money that is uh, they're contractually obligated to pay to certain creators every time the media is streamed. But they've already paid for the most expensive part. Yeah, I, so, I don't see how this could be any significant amount of money, especially yeah. like It'd be one thing if they were if they wiped like half their library, but so far it's just like a couple dozen titles. Yeah, I don't get it. Even if that weren't the case, and Warner was just going scorched earth to streamline things, it's still a punch in the gut to the people who worked on these shows. And they were definitely vocal about it on Twitter when they found out, along with the public, as we said. Uh, Julia Pott, creator of the animated show Summer Camp Island, tweeted the following. We worked for five years to make 100 episodes of animation. We worked late into the night. We let ourselves go. We were a family of hardworking artists who wanted to make something beautiful. And HBO Max just pulled them all like we were nothing. Animation is not nothing. Uh, Hamish Steele, a creator of another animated series, though on streaming competitor Netflix, added that, quote, What's happening at HBO Max is so scary from a creator perspective. Like making a show for a streamer, you rarely get a chance for a physical release or for it to air anywhere else, and being reminded that they can just delete it from existence, all your work, your portfolio, awful. And yeah, I mean, it does sound weirdly familiar, honestly. Yeah. Uh, hey, kid, first time. Because yeah, <laughs> Warner Brothers actually did the exact same thing to us three or four years ago. I, I hadn't even made that connection until right now, but yeah, they... Mm-hmm. Um, Gone. They, they took nearly a decade of written, hosted, edited episodes, some... You know, a lot of them just news, but some like some evergreen. Of, some a lot of effort went into them, and yeah. they just pff, deleted all of it, and then, instantly. And no, and we yeah. like honestly, I didn't really care because a lot of it was just news that was yeah. old. But what it is is a legacy yeah. of your content. It's just like, what's the fucking point? Yeah, it's like if for some reason we had to go get normal production jobs, 
the portfolio is fucking gone. Not just yeah. the portfolio. You can you can obviously show someone a downloaded clip and be like, look, that's what we worked on. But you don't have the impression of the amount of views, yeah. the the marketing of it. It's just like it didn't exist. Exactly. It's, which is, yeah, it sucks. It does suck. So yeah, I mean, look, obviously, not saying that what we do and did is anywhere even close to the work that goes into animated television. Obviously. But it was definitely a wake-up call when it happened to us. And it also comes with the fun realization that you can't even re-host your old content because they do still technically own it and they could strike you for copyright violations or even sue you. Yeah. I mean, you can find all of our old videos if you just type in ETC archive. Up but in we the, didn't do it. But yeah. Legally. Legally. Le- uh, and in reality. Yeah, that was, someone else just That was up. the work of a very dedicated fan, mm-hmm. uh, multiple, who yeah. uh, took it upon themselves. We had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is... The problem with the digital age, everything is kind of temporary in yeah. a weird way, and any lasting legacy could be gone at the behest of an executive who doesn't even know that you exist at all. You're just a line item on a fucking spreadsheet. And this uh, isn't the end of what could be happening, uh, well, specifically with Warner, but in the industry as a whole. Like, things that you are enjoying right now could be fucking gone forever without a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah, and and with the physical media in its current state, uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about it in the past, but there's a, a spreadsheet that I can't remember who it is, but someone keeps it very well updated of like basically modern day lost media, like mm-hmm. shit that's just completely out of print. Yeah, and it's a lot of stuff. You're like, wait, no, how could that be? And it's like it's because it's a fucking line item on someone's spreadsheet. And they don't give a shit about it. They just own the fucking rights. And they're more worried about getting all these new shows or whatever on HBO Max or Netflix or whatever. Like, they don't care about making a a Blu-ray release of some movie that you care a lot about, but most people aren't going to give a shit about. So, I don't know, tough titties. Yeah, and good luck trying to, like, license it or something if you're another company. So, it is extremely frustrating. And every, like, it's so funny that we've gone back to, like, in the early days of television and movies, like there are movies that came out in the 20s and 30s that do not exist anymore. Yeah. Not even the originals exist anymore. Yeah. But then, of course, it was just like a reel that some it fell in the trash one day, and it's just like you had to be there. It was really cool. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin was in. It was wild. And, and especially for TV, there's no record of so many decades of TV. There's a, my, the funniest thing is like you know how Doctor Who's been on TV for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's like the first like 10 seasons of Doctor Who are just lost. Don't exist. Like, literally got someone at the BBC archive was like rant like oh we don't have enough videotapes, so they just taped over. The first, like, 10 seasons of uh, Doctor Who. A, a recent thing that came up about this was uh, when Vince Scully passed away. Um, the One of his all-time calls, The Perfect Game by Sandy Koufax, the only reason that that even exists is because a fan of the Dodgers had to go on a date the night that the game was happening <laughs> and had his dad record the audio oh, yeah. of the radio. And that's the only copy of it in existence. Wow. Um, so that, anyways, we're coming full circle into the fact that the content that's created today, even the one you're watching right now, is temporarily made with no idea that it should be archived for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. It is literally, by definition, just content, just like everything on HBO that was made for HBO Max, just content. Hey, we need people to sign up for this. Can you make some animated shows? And the people that are doing it are fucking working their hardest, pouring their lives into yeah, it. And a guy is time, just... They're, not, they're missing like their kids like <laughs> growing up to work on a, a show that is going to air for a couple months before disappearing. Yeah. 
So it's yeah, done. go support your local skilled creative types. Uh, if you like a show on TV, if you like a movie, find out who made it, who wrote for it, who animated it, filmed it, follow them, support them. Uh, a lot of them sell, you know, got a little side hustle going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, support what they do. Because in a lot of cases, that's the only way that you'll be able to find out even what they're working on next. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of entertainment industry ineptitude, uh, we've got to bring up a hilariously inaccurate uh, bit of data that former WB brand, the CW... Oh, they don't own it anymore? No, I think it got completely spun off. Okay. Uh, they're basing their entire refocusing on some data that seems questionable. Seems Well, the data doesn't lie. Seems questionable. But according to a recent article in Variety, the CW, uh, a channel that is clearly meant for teenagers and young adults, yeah. is pivoting their production to cater to an audience that they think is actually watching the channel based on internet data. People in their mid-50s. I just love that Archibald and his Riverdale High School classmates. (laughs) I love the hijinks they get into. It reminds me of the Archie comics I read back in my childhood. (laughs) In what reality do these executives think that the average age for CW viewers is mid-50s? I don't know. I got to get home to watch my eye zombie. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the very funny theory about that next. But first, here's that, an article about this from Deadline. The demographic focus of the CW will also change over time, Carter said. Historically, shows like Riverdale, All-American, Arrow, and Supernatural have focused on viewers in their teens through their 30s. Big mistake. <laughs> the reality, though, is that the average CW viewer is 58 years old. Not even mid-50s, that's late-50s, baby. And Carter said that schism explains why the CW is the lowest-rated broadcast network. (sighs) The logic here is not sound. What You know what these people want? My pillow ads, 24 hours a day. It's like we've been making all of our content for people who are 30, but the only people watching it are in their late-50s. I don't know why they're stopping by and just sitting on our channel getting upset that there isn't content for them. But we should start making content for them. I love that even if this were true, people in their late 50s actually love these shows. So why are you changing anything except, except, I guess, losing the IP from fucking Warner? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. So, yeah, why are these numbers skewed so badly? What is happening here? Well, as actor Marissa Baram correctly pointed out in a tweet related to this news, this happens, quote, when younger generations can't afford cables, so they mooch off their parents' logins and definitely mess up network data. (laughs) And we got to say, that definitely does sound like the most plausible cause of such a weird discrepancy. Um, Makes a lot of sense. And it would be amazing to watch as the CW morphs into something they think will work based on poorly acquired and faulty data. Amazing if true. Yes. But hold on to your butts, because now that we're done shitting on Warner Brothers and their former teen-focused network for this week, we're going to get all political. Uh Gaming is done. It's all about (laughs) politics now. So stay tuned for that. But first, we have to take a quick break and thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Yeah, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh, quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from your home. Skip the trip to the grocery store and spend more time soaking up the last bit of that summer sun. HelloFresh Market is a one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs with a curated selection of quick breakfasts, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. And just FYI, HelloFresh also owns Green Chef, 
who also sponsors this show. And they're both great. We love uh, the amount of options that we get between the two of them. Yeah, so one thing we especially like about HelloFresh is that if you're feeling vegetarian curious, they've always got lots of delicious options for just dipping your little pinky toe into vegetarian cooking. And options for anything else. All the meat eaters out there. I everyone. literally just cooked a bibimbap bowl right before coming in here today, and it was shockingly good. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. Amazing. And uh, yeah, on next week's menu, they've got uh, one for our one of our all-time favorites, firecracker meatballs with roasted green beans and jasmine rice. Yeah, that is a banger. Yep. Uh, alongside black bean and pepper quesadillas with salsa fresca and creamy guacamole. And that's just the beginning. There's plenty of options to choose from, and you can switch out one meal for another on their app. Easy as pie. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump16 and use code NewsDump16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump16 and code NewsDump16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. All right, back into the news now. And as the Trump FBI raid looms overhead, there are multiple criminal cases that are closing in on Trump, his family, and his organization. And look, let's be honest. We're not going to be holding our breath through all of this. Absolutely not. We've been through this multiple times. But there is, you know, there's a sense of desperation in Trump's more recent posts on Truth Social, and of course, the rumors that he is building yet another legal defense team. But this time around, uh, it's apparently much harder for him to find worthwhile lawyers to bring on board. Reportedly, he keeps hearing the word no, which is new for him, um, and exciting for everyone else. Well, hey, this is the problem. When you have a, uh, a long-running reputation for stiffing the attorneys that you hire to represent you- And uh, throwing them under the bus. You're gonna find that not a lot of attorneys are willing to take you on as a client. Mm -hmm. It's funny how that works. But alongside the FBI raid related to classified documents, he's also got a civil investigation ongoing in New York City, the one where he repeatedly invoked his Fifth Amendment rights. For five hours. Despite previously saying that only guilty people and mobsters do that. Uh, but the big news this week is that the Trump Organization's former chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, has pled guilty to a tax scheme, admitting that he had conspired with the former president's company to commit numerous crimes. Huh. Quote, numerous crimes. Wow. Uh, here's the New York Times with more on that. Mr. Weisselberg's guilty plea, which followed more than a year of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office pressuring him to cooperate in a broader investigation of Mr. Trump, painted a damning picture of the beleaguered company, which now faces significant financial penalties if it loses its own trial on similar charges. Under the plea deal, Mr. Weisselberg must pay nearly $2 million in taxes, penalties, and interest after accepting lavish off-the-books perks from Mr. Trump and his company, including leased Mercedes-Benzes, an apartment on Manhattan's Upper West Side, and private school tuition for his grandchildren. I mean, those are great perks. Mm -hmm. He must also point the finger at his longtime employer, the Trump Organization, at its trial in October. In exchange, Mr. Weiselberg, who was facing years in prison, is likely to receive a five-month jail sentence. And with time credited for good behavior, he might serve as little as 100 days. And getting that kind of deal comes with some good information, I'm sure. But it also brands you as a rat. And we don't like rats, do we? Yeah. Uh, though it is maintained that Weiselberg would not turn on Donald Trump the person, just the Trump organization. So mm. once again, Trump will get to slip out of this because if things... I'd like to see Donald Trump wiggle his way out of this. <laughs> Wiggles out of it. Easily. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, last. If things play out the way that they're supposed to, it will be his business that is implicated and paying fines and guilty for all this, but not him directly. I mean... There's so many people that work at this, what is it called? The Trump Organization? Yeah, could have been anyone. Uh-huh. Uh, but Who's in uh, charge here? <laughs> uh, yes. In a statement, the district attorney, Alvin L. Bragg, emphasized how the plea deal, quote, 
directly implicates the Trump Organization in a wide range of criminal activity, adding, we look forward to proving our case in court against the Trump Organization. The Trump Organization had barely met them once or twice. Uh, a coffee company. They were a coffee. <laughs> just a coffee. Coffee boy. They brought me coffee a couple times. I also love that. So, yeah, his posts are becoming more unhinged on truth. Uh, they seem more and more desperate. But I guess the big weight that's on his shoulders right now is that though him and those around him are convinced, probably rightly so, that there is a mole in his family or in his direct contacts. Because apparently... There was uh, one set of documents or something that was, they're kind of self-admitting here, but was in a very specific place that only a handful of people knew about. It's like Knives Out down at Mar-a-Lago. I know, I oh, know. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah, it seems to be leaning towards, I mean, all signs point to Jared Kushner. Yeah. Uh, he's he's not, he's the one guy without actual, like, blood in the game. And there was, uh, Kushner, by the way, just came out with his own book, and there is a, I think it was New York Times, just a wonderful review of this book. What could he possibly have uh, to write a book about? How he... How great he is. How That's, he, it's about how great how he is. He and how he peace to the Middle East. How he maneuvered his way through all of the obstacles in the Trump uh, organization. But hmm. throughout the entire thing, like, doesn't go any, like, into any details about why things were tough or why decisions were made or implicating uh, his family in any number of ways. Well, I'm sure down at Mar-a-Lago, they're gonna buy a truckload of them and it's gonna be... It's gonna have that little uh, symbol next yeah. to it in the paper that's like the cross that indicates that they bought uh, enough of their books to get them on the bestseller list. Yeah. yeah. Did you see though, uh, turns out that they did take three of his passports, but they gave them back. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, just admitting. No, I I, I took uh, that out because we did we reported that on the other episode. I was episode. like, why? That's why. But he did have three passports. One expired. And yet, they gave it back. They gave them back. Yes, they were with the rest so, of the files. He was telling the truth. Uh huh. They gave him back, and he still does have. Well, one's not good, but two passports. One's the special president passport. Mm, they let Let's you, do you it. into any airport lounge. <laughs> They let you do it. Delta, American. Mm -hmm. They let you fly the plane if you want. But as far as the other trouble that Trump finds himself is in uh, the, the missing or withheld documents case, uh, it looks like everyone might continue to get their wish because immediately after the FBI gathered up evidence at Mar-a-Lago, not a raid, there have been calls to release certain information regarding what went down. Release the warrant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> release the uh, affidavit. Yeah, is he, that how you say that? Affidavit? Each time that information is requested, it is surprisingly been released. Uh, first, as Elliot said, it was the warrant, which was unsealed last week, and when that wasn't good enough, everyone started yelling for the release of the affidavit, uh, which would provide far greater information related to the reasons why the FBI needed to retrieve certain documents from Trump's sacred home. Well, again, looks like, in a lot of cases, the Trump Organization and Trump himself are requesting this, and you know what? They, they might get their wish. Sure. Uh, here's Reuters. A U.S. judge on Thursday said he is leaning towards releasing some of the evidence presented by the U.S. Justice Department to justify its search of Donald Trump's Florida home last week in a case pitting news organizations against federal prosecutors. Despite objections by the Justice Department, U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt said he believes there are portions of the affidavit that could be unsealed, referring to the sworn statement laying out the evidence for why there was probable cause to search Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. He ordered the Justice Department to file a redacted version of the affidavit under seal by noon next Thursday, but said prosecutors will be given the opportunity to appeal if they don't agree with his proposed version. Now, of course, even if this were to be released, Trump's team would either move on to something else that they think exonerates them or just 
cast doubt on the affidavit itself. I assume it would be full of redactions and be like, oh, well, release the redactions. Like, you literally can't for national security purposes. There'll be the uh, version that's released with the redactions. Then there'll be the version that Trump releases to, I don't know, Breitbart with the redactions, but with the names of everyone involved unredacted so that his followers can go after them. And that's how it'll play out. And information will keep coming out and they'll keep, uh, you know, squandering it or just saying that, "Mm, actually, this doesn't prove anything. Uh, Until uh, Liz Cheney announces her 2024 run and beats Trump into the ground. Not happening. Yeah. Not happening, Liz. Thank thank you for your contribution, Liz. But um, though I... Bye-bye. I do... Bye-bye. I do love the libs on Twitter who constantly uh, over the past couple of days have said losing that primary was the best thing to ever happen to Liz Cheney's political career. Okay, sure. (laughs) Fine. I don't care. No, this is how it's going to go. She's not going to uh, get the nomination for president. She's going to become a commentator on MSNBC. Yeah, she's going to do that and like get a fucking job at like the fucking Heritage Foundation or some Cato Institute right wing think tank and um, to wash her family's con- image. Continue to be rich and influential, mm-hmm. but not not as influential as she would like, which that's kind of satisfying. But fuck that family. Yes. Anyway, we don't want to leave you on too sour of a note today because there is something to look forward to in the coming weeks. And I we are very excited about this. It is good news, uh, all things considered. And it's something to look forward to, damn it. America needs a win, guys. We need Remember back when we we used to build things in this country? We used to do things. We put a man on the moon. We put two men on the moon. One guy had to stay up in the ship and just watch. Sucks to be him. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, in the coming weeks, we are launching. America, so we, I say we, are launching. Our tax dollars. Yeah, my money is launching. Artemis. And the start of our return to the moon. Mm -hmm. To the moon, Alice. NASA's Artemis spacecraft has made its long, slow journey from an assembly building all the way out to the launch pad in preparation for its first flight to the moon and back. Though this time, it will unfortunately be unmanned. Yeah. Puts one of those Elon robots up in there. <laughs> don't don't worry. It can do all of the, all the, the boring, repetitive tasks. Imagine all the dance moves it can do in zero G mm-hmm. or low G. Anyway, still very cool. Let's put a man in there next time, though. Uh, they are. It's, that's, that's in the plans. And it'll be amazing to watch the journey back to the moon. Should lay the groundwork for actual human exploration of the moon once again. And the cameras we have these days, so much better than the, the garbage we had back then. This is It's going to be fascinating to watch the entire timeline. Although, I just hope people don't lose interest because, um, hey, by the way, it takes a long time to get to the moon. They had to wait, you know, back then they had Stanley Kubrick, a once-in-a-generation <laughs> talent. And after he died, they're like, fuck. Who's come along? So this time, the moon landing will be directed by... Um, Christopher Nolan. Taika Waititi. So oh, hot. Yeah. He's so hot right now. Yeah. It's going to be a zany adventure this full time, of laughs. This time, the moon is gender fluid and fabulous. Uh-huh. And it makes really funny jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, here's NPR. Uh, NASA's new moon rocket arrived at the launch pad Wednesday ahead of its debut flight in less than two weeks. NASA is aiming for an August 29th liftoff for the lunar test flight. No one will be inside the crew capsule atop the rocket. Just three mannequins swarming with sensors to measure radiation and vibration. So you're kind of right. So just bonking around? Well, I mean, not bonking around. They'll be strapped in like the humans oh, would be. They should unstrap them and just let them bonk around. <laughs> Much like in real life, they could accidentally float into a a big red button that aborts the mission. Whoops. Yeah. We didn't think of this. Yeah. Uh, The article continues. The capsule will fly around the moon in a distant orbit for a couple weeks before heading back for a splashdown in the Pacific. The entire flight should last six weeks. 
The flight is the first moonshot in NASA's Artemis program. The space agency is aiming for a lunar orbiting flight with astronauts in two years and a lunar landing by a human crew as early as 2025. That's before a lot of Marvel movies come out. So not the That's two distant future. That's coming very soon, actually. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly That's soon. It's wild. It's later than their original proposed plans, but this is the government. It always takes longer. As long as it gets done. Yeah. Cool. I really... I've been burned too many times, but I really want to go to Florida to see this liftoff. But the problem is, is that like, if the wind is like a mile, up, like, all right, everybody go on. We're doing this uh, later for good reason. Yeah. If the if the conditions aren't perfect, they won't launch it. But I went a couple times when I was a kid to see the space shuttle launch. Every single time, it was scrubbed. I mean, like, yeah. When I was a kid, I mean, nowhere near Florida, yeah. but every time there was a launch uh, in, like, grade school, they'd put it on the TV, and yeah, it was just a lot of, like, all right, well, okay, turns out we're delaying this. <laughs> and yeah, it was, well, it, you, it was great. It think was just, about how much more upsetting it would yeah. be if you're up with your dad at 4 o'clock in the morning to drive across the entire state to get to fucking Titusville and sit there and just watch them scrub it, like, yeah. minutes before. Luckily, at well, least one of those times I got to go to Cape Canaveral and eat the astronaut ice cream and see things. So that well, was who's down for some Bojangles, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, son. I do really want... I'm going to be kicking myself if it does actually go up because, like... I mean, it's one of those... It's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see a fucking space rocket, unless you live on the space coast, go up. The closest I ever got was... Uh, I lived in Orlando for, like, a year. And, like, even from Orlando, seeing the space shuttle go up is mesmerizing. It is one mm. of the coolest things you will ever see. Being even uh, 10 miles away from the launch site, the power yeah. shakes the air. It wow. is it is something to behold. So I wish I could go and be kicking myself if it does go up, but uh, just can't risk it. Can't risk it. Anyways, uh, we have look for, look, uh, that to look forward to. It's the end of the month, so hopefully it goes as planned. Hopefully no hiccups, and hopefully we can get people back on that moon yeah. by 2025. To the Michael moon. Strahan is waiting. He, he's oh, yeah. gone up on Blue Origin. He is ready to go to the moon. Send Michael Strahan to the moon. And uh, William Shatner. Mm. I mean, if he's down. Yeah. There you go. He's very old. Anyways, that's it for this week's episode of News Dump. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to watch more, we have a new episode of Tech News Day over there and an episode from earlier in the week. Please stay tuned. We have more Weekly Weird News coming up in just a day or so. And in the meantime, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.